0: It's it's the the Gist Gist Podcast. so how many times have you been to disneyland <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs>
1: i haven't seen you for this long and that's the first thing you throw on me
0: i just know it gets your goat sometimes uh, sometimes i throw things out there just to get a reaction
1: I am not a fan of Disney Corporation. Let's well, put it that they're way. They're taking over the world. No, they're not.
0: Yes, they are. They
1: might think that they are. They own
0: everything.
1: No, they don't. Can't
0: even poop with that hair Mickey Mouse. They
1: don't own my
0: brain. Oh, but it's getting close. I mean, they, uh, Marvel, I mean fox that they've bought up everything they control everything and you know what it, what ticks me off is when you already are paying for the subscription and then they come out with another damn movie and you have to pay more yeah to see the movie they came yeah. out with how the crap does that work J- out
1: just stop watching all that uh superhero crap well, be... i don't know mickey <laughs> you'll be fine <laughs> you I, i'm so sick and tired <laughs> of all this superhero crap
0: I don't think it, I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon either.
1: Yes it is. It's going to die out. You think so? Oh, people are going to get tired of it.
0: They make so much money off of it.
1: How many times can you watch the end of the world coming and somebody comes along and rescues everybody? I mean, it's getting tiring. No, it really- I want to see human drama. Yeah. I want to see real life. I don't want to see all this make-believe BS.
0: No, they need more space movies. I actually am excited yeah. about that uh the movie Lightyear.":
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, doing yeah. about
0: Buzz Lightyear. Okay, I'm actually excited about that one. Okay, good for you. Just wanted to let you know. Yeah, I'm glad. I mean, if you're going to be forced to watch something, at least watch something you like.: But you know, I mean,
1: they, they don't have any, they, they don't have any creativity anymore. They just keep going back to the same formula. At, Let's go to the backstory of Buzz Lightyear.
0: It's like, really? That's why I love uh, movies like Encanto. And it's not... En, encanto. And whatever, however the hell you say it. Encanto, you know, like, pick a better... They could have named it something better. Why? I don't know. I just... Encanto seems... Is it? Is it, What does that even mean in that language? I know? haven't
1: seen the movie, so I'm not going to even comment on on this you show. You see it. <coughs> you really think and I need I to see it?
0: No, I really do. I really do think you'd like it. But you know what? You were the weirdest person. Like, I, what, As soon as I feel like... Here's the thing about you. As soon as I feel like I'm getting to know you, mm-hmm. like really know you, because you're a complicated person. Okay, like I'm an close. enigma. Is that what you're saying? You are, <laughs> well, you are. You're you 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 are an enigma because uh, just when I think I've got you figured out. I get surprised. There you go. You know what I
1: mean? That's what it's all about you now. do that on
0: purpose, though? Do you have like a certain wall?
1: Guess you'll never you know. know. that?
0: Guess I won't. Guess <laughs> I have to get it. I, I remember when I first got into your circle, you were like, you've been granted code three clearance. Don't get excited. It goes all the way up to 16. <laughs> so yeah. I, I understand where I fit in the scheme of things. But mm. no, like there'll be a movie that I'm like, oh, I'll bet Carrie's going to love this movie. And then I talk to you and you're like, that was the worst movie I've ever seen. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa. Well,
1: there, there are a lot of factors that go into a statement like that. I mean, it's not just the storyline, although that's the key feature of the movie. It's also the production and, and you know, the, the CG and all that other stuff uh, that helps me like it or not like it.
0: What movies I love are the ones that I can't tell where the CG begins and when the real world ends? Like Dune? Yes. Did you see Dune? I did see Dune. Oh, my goodness. Dune was freaking awesome.
1: That kept me so captivated throughout the entire thing. And like you said, those sets were amazing. It was hard to tell the difference between, you know, reality and CG. And, and where did they go for all of these great sets? I mean, it's just, that was that was an amazing show. I can't wait for part two.
0: Well, it was either, oh, I think it was The Lion King. Not not stoked with what Disney did with the live action version really? of that. I just oh oh, oh the, the live action movie the live action movie
1: I, I love the stage production
0: I, that's and that's where I was going with that because mm. it that's the first time a movie had ever been filmed that way mm-hmm. where they built virtual cameras in the set yeah and the guys had to walk around like they still had the cameras but they didn't and it left it look it looked so much more natural yeah because all of that other CG stuff the cameras perfectly moved and. You know, in the creative process, some of the greatest stuff that you end up coming up with is when you make mistakes and you're like, oh, wait a minute. That actually sounds pretty good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's different nowadays when they make movies, obviously. I mean, I, I think back to, like, some of my favorites. I love Ben-Hur. I don't know if you've seen the, the movie Ben-Hur. What a classic. Who hasn't seen the movie Ben-Hur? Well, and Well, and the sets. The sets. I'm talking the one way back. What was that? In 57 with Charlton Heston and those guys. Um, the sets, I mean, they were they were incomparable. They were amazing. What they did back then, I mean, they built everything. You know, you think about you think about that or the sets of Cleopatra, you know, and all that stuff. And nowadays it's just a mock up or it's just a miniature or it's CG. No, remember
0: how pissed people were when Yoda came out, CG? Yeah. It's like, dude, that doesn't look like Yoda. Yeah. It really didn't like. Why would you? Why would you move away from the puppet? That's what everybody fell in love. Well, with.
1: because they wanted they wanted to show Yoda in in action, and you can't do that very well with the puppet.
0: Do you think Disney's ruined Star Wars?
1: I don't know that I want to comment on that. I well, I want you to. I'm not a I'm Star Wars you. fan. Okay, I'm oh, not a Star Wars fan.
0: I didn't know that. No,
1: I'm not um wow look i would rather watch star trek any day because for me star trek is more plausible it's more real um to me no it's true star wars is more otherworldly and it's just i don't know it's like steampunk version of space you know
0: it's like science fiction for science fiction
1: i don't know (laughs) i i don't know it's hard for me to comment on that have they ruined it (laughs) I don't know. I've I've heard people say that some of the directorial choices and 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 the paths that they've gone down are kind of weird and have taken away from the essence of Star Wars. But I'm just not a big fan, so I don't know.
0: Wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know that you uh, that you felt that way. Yeah. See, I'm learning stuff more and more every single day.
1: There you go. That's what it's all
0: about. <laughs> no, but uh, so Lin Manuel Miranda, who yeah. I love. Yeah. Uh, I just think he's very musically talented. He was given free reign on, yeah, on right. Encanto, or however the hell you say it. Encanto. Encanto. Yeah, there you go. Encanto.
1: Encanto.
0: I don't always drink beer.
1: Okay, that's the wrong dialect. But
0: when I do, <laughs> I prefer Encanto.
1: That's more like Hotel Transylvania. <laughs> hey, you know what, man? Okay. I don't know how it
0: goes. Okay. Uh, Hotel Transylvania was a good movie. Uh, I love those movies. Those movies were great. The that last is... one didn't have... Uh, didn't have, uh, uh, what's his name, though? Adam Sandler. Did you know that?
1: No. I yeah. thought they all did.
0: <clears throat> nope. This really? Last, this last uh, one, he was out. And I can't remember why that, that was. Oh, no, that breaks
1: the magic of that one.
0: Figure that out. But they let Lin-Manuel have complete creative sure, control sure. on the music on it, on, on that. And yeah, and he's I, very creative. I, I think it was great. Well, you didn't like Hamilton, though.
1: Um, I like you got to be careful how you throw these words around. I don't like, I'm not a big fan.
0: I'm okay. not a big
1: fan of Hamilton. What
0: is that? I know, but now you're, it feels like you're splitting hairs. Um,
1: I, w- what we could get into a whole discussion about that, but it's just my opinion. And so my opinion about Lin Manuel's, uh, music in Hamilton is worth nothing. It means nothing. Um, but you know, I mean, I, I, I love music. I, I'm really into music if you will. And, I write music and I understand music deeply from a theoretical standpoint and an artistic standpoint. And um, there were just things about some of the music in Hamilton that didn't turn me on. I just didn't. I I don't know. I just had a hard time with it, you know, and uh, some of the, the thematic material of the songs I just wondering like why did you put a song in there about that? I don't know.
0: Well, I hope that you don't ever see a Disney movie that turns you on. That's you know, gonna be weird.
1: Disney movies that turn me on. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen a whole lot of, of the Disney animated features. I haven't seen I haven't seen Lion King. I haven't seen Pocahontas. I haven't seen a lot of the films. I choose not to.
0: You know what I I did like that I wish that they would redo um, they'd probably ruin it, but it would still be cool, is The Prince of Egypt. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I really liked the music in that. That wasn't Disney, though. Yeah, it was. Are you sure? The Prince of Egypt was it? Heck yeah.
1: Okay, Kate. Okay, that I'm... shows you how out, the, how out of the loop I am. So okay, here's the thing. Um, I, I, I don't watch a lot of those movies. I don't get into them a lot. Um, I, even when I had children, I, I my wife took the kids to see those movies. I didn't go. Shame on me. But uh, it's just me and a Disney thing. But I do love the music. Alan Menken, oh my goodness, that guy is so brilliant. Um, He's seriously one of my heroes when it comes to movie music. I think the guy just has a a talent and a knack for writing beautiful, beautiful melodies.
0: Well, and I didn't realize until I got into film a Mm -hmm. little bit Mm -hmm. how the scoring a movie versus writing a score is just completely different because of the time.
1: Oh, yeah. It's a process. It's hard. Yeah, and right. you, you have you have composers that come in there and and they will put up uh, an offering or two about this is what I'm feeling or they'll play it for the directors and the directors will say, no, nah, well, I don't really like that. I'd like you to take it a different way. And so being a composer, writing uh, a score for a movie or an animated uh, feature or, or whatever, it's it's hard. It's really, really hard. It's a stressful process um and i think you know sometimes that stress is what makes some of those composers become more creative
0: okay well i can always admit when i'm wrong and i and i don't like to be wrong there was a time that i thought that i wasn't wrong but i was wrong oh yeah uh the music was first of all for the prince of egypt was done by hans zimmer yeah Hans hans zimmer yes and uh it was done by dreamworks yes so yeah, you were right. like <laughs> totally right. What what year did it come out though? Oh
1: gosh, what was that? Ninety six.
0: Ooh man, you were close. Uh, December of nineteen
1: ninety eight. Oh, was it ninety eight?
0: Well, we learn things new every day. Yes, Thank, we do. Thanks, Google. Yeah, we appreciate you <laughs> pointing us the right way on that one. No, music is so is so. It has been such a major part of my life, mm-hmm. and I can't imagine. Uh. With all of the – you you know so much about the theory, the music theory. Will you explain to the dumbs um, – I'm including myself in that statement what, – what the difference is between just learning how to read music and then getting into the music theory? How okay. important is the music theory? Oh,
1: it's like super, super important. It really is. Um, I mean, there are people that write music out there that – don't understand the theory. They go by feel. Yeah. It feels good. It sounds good. And that's great. That's great. But theory, uh, takes you at at a much deeper level. Um, so, um, reading, just reading music, simply reading music, um, is just being able to understand the language of music on a, on a sheet of paper. Okay. When you, when you read an article, you read words, and they go in a certain order and they have certain sounds and there's certain syntax and lexicology and things like that. Um, and that's, that's reading. Well, the same thing happens with music. However, rather than using a phonetic system or uh, an alphabet, if you will, it uses notes on five lines. Those five lines comprise a staff. And um, um, there are, the plural of staff is staves. There are staves for. You know, right hand of the piano, left hand of the piano for voices, for instruments and, and, and all that. And, and so it's just a pattern of, of notes on, on the page that you have to be able to recognize, just like you recognize the word cat in, in, a, in, a, in a sentence, you know. Um, a musician should be able to be fluent in reading the music. Now, I've, I've heard that like, people like Billy Joel don't know how to read music. But he writes some of the greatest music out there, um, and he does it just by natural talent and ability. And he does it by feel, I guess, and he does it by by what he hears. Um, But that's reading music, right? So it's like reading a newspaper. But theory is actually the structure, the construct of, of what makes music music. Now, a good song in my opinion, needs to have three elements, and people can argue for or against this. Um, but to me, it number one has to have a good melody. And I think that unfortunately today, that art has been lost by a lot of composers, a lot of singers, uh, performers. Uh, they don't understand the elements of a good melody. It's got to be something that captivates the brain. It's got to be something that captivates the heart and everything about my my, my being. Uh, um, and and, and they, they, a lot of the melodies out there have one, two, three notes in the whole song. And it's like, please, you can give us more than that. There's a whole range of notes. There are twelve notes, you know, uh, 12 pitches that we have in Western music. There's more than just three. And then if you really want to get nitpicky, there's pitches in between those 12 pitches that even Eastern music uses. And, and I mean, it just goes so deep. But um, there's got to be a good melody. Then there's got to be a good harmony or chord structure or chord progression to that to, to, to be a basis for that melody. Okay? And then thirdly, there's got to be some sort of rhythmic context that's applied to that to give it a sense of, of movement, you know, to make it go somewhere. So in my opinion, as a musician, whatever level of quality I can apply to that, that term, um, those are the three elements. you got to have a good melody, got to have a good underlying uh, chord structure, uh, harmonic structure, and then you've got to have some sort of a rhythmic element that drives the music.
0: Uh, do you know who Rick Beato is?
1: Yeah, I love Rick Beato. I
0: love, I love him too. He's got great, great podcasts. He gets on, he gets on the new generation of music all the time. Yeah, yeah, and know. rightly so. So, do you think the digital age has kind of screwed us a little bit in that? How so? Well, it's more, it's more synthetic. It seems like some of the stuff that comes out, like the beats, come from like a beatbox. It's not someone actually, yeah, yeah you yeah, know, yeah. on a drum.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I think that's maybe just a natural evolution of music when technology enters the picture. I mean, you go back to 60, what, 68, 69, when Moog uh, came out with the synthesizer, you know, and uh, some of the bands uh, like Emerson Lake and Palmer and and, uh, the Edgar Winter uh, band and things like that started to try to incorporate the new technology into their music. You know, I mean, I think of the song Lucky Man by Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, and they throw in there at the end that huge uh, solo on on the the synthesizer. I mean, for us that grew up back then and heard that song for the first time, it was like, whoa, this is mind-blowing. This is so cool, you know? And then it's kind of evolved to where it is today, where uh, digital technology has such a major influence in in the music, writing, and performance. But then you'll see these artists come out with an album or, or a session or something where they're unplugged oh, yeah, and it goes natural, you know, to just a guitar and a piano or uh, whatever. And it's not so synthetic as you put it, you know, um, which I find really, really interesting because it changes the whole dynamic of the song and how you perceive it and how you feel it and hear it, you know, um, when it's unplugged versus all that synthetic stuff that just gets in the way sometimes, in my opinion.
0: Well, and it's just cool to see, you know, music layered, layer after layer after yeah. layer. The complexity that you can oh, multiple multiple build. tracks.
1: I mean, you think back to um, um, Bohemian Rhapsody, you know, when when Queen uh, had to layer all of those vocals on that operatic section, you know, in the middle there. Um, and, um, there were only so many tracks available
0: and and they had to to dub over. They kept
1: pushing the envelope. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, um, and nowadays, gosh, I don't know how many tracks are involved with all the synthetic stuff that goes into it's different. It's different. You know, I, 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 I don't fault it or see it as a negative thing but again i come back to a song has to have a good melody just like a movie has to have a good storyline a book has to have a good storyline if those things aren't there it's not worth listening to it's not worth reading or watching
0: have you ever done marijuana no i i i'm not like advocating this well i guess in a way i am advocating it but I this will. is this
1: is like really random.
0: Well, I, the re, oh, there's a reason why I'm, te- I'm I'm telling you this.
1: Oh, we're going back to Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> no, but I mean we can't uh, not acknowledge that the the use uh, of that particular herb to be used with prudence and Thanksgiving has mm. had a lot of effect on the music especially in the 70s and the 80s
1: well even back in the 60s i mean when they were doing lsd uh you know hate ashbury and that whole period back then i'm not going to presume to be any authority on this but um you know they would they would have sessions where they would get together and 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 they would they would take this lsd and um you know get themselves all high and and whatever happens to you at that point point. And, um, it, it, it did have a creative impact on the music at the time. Uh, a lot, a lot of the, the music, I shouldn't say a lot, but some of the music was written under the influence of various hallucinogenic substances and things. And okay, you know, it is what no, it is. No, it is
0: what it is. I, I'm just, from my own experience, the only reason why I speak to this is because I've experienced it myself, but being on marijuana... You, what, you mean
1: writing music when
0: you're well, high? Well, not even writing it, but <laughs> listening to it. Uh-huh. Like, when you listen to music and you're high... See, marijuana, it, in a lot of cases, opens your... It, it, it exemplifies your senses. So, so taste... You, you mean
1: it amplifies? Yeah. It not, amplifies not your senses.
0: It amplifies. Yeah. It amplifies. Okay. It makes, makes you more sensitive yeah. to those things. And uh it's it's like going from analog to digital in in mm-hmm. certain ways mm-hmm. It's just a whole different listening experience yeah it could from, be from that i, I from I've, that I've never
1: experienced that i yeah, I don't know I mean the way I hear music right now is just fine for me. I don't know that I need to have any enhancement or um, you know any anything to help me hear it in a different way or sure. um, i I when, when I hear music. I, I hear it probably very differently than, than a lot of the, the the general public who maybe For isn't sure. into music. Yeah. So, um, you know, and then you take people like Jacob Collier out there. I mean, the guy's an absolute superhuman musical genius. Um, the way he hears and perceives music is even different than the way I do. Um, so there's different levels of of how we appreciate and perceive music and art and things like that and we're all just on different levels and and do it through different mediums
0: but it's it really is the universal language though like uh, yeah mu- people say that right i mean music profoundly affects doesn't matter what your walk of life is from it seems like every single person has a type of music that they love and, and is yeah. affected by. it. Well,
1: you know, um, for me, if you were to take the term music and try to attach some sort of a definition or a meaning to it, it would be music is an extension of human speech. Okay? So in that sense, yeah, it's a language. It's definitely a language.
0: An extension or could have music been the first language?
1: Uh, I don't know. I can't answer that question. I, uh,
0: that would be kind of interesting to figure out, though, wouldn't it? Because I wonder, I, they obviously, <laughs> I mean, just talking from a caveman standpoint, mm-hmm. they obviously learned how to make noises before they knew how to speak. Yeah, I
1: mean, that's very, that's very possible that perhaps, you know, sounds, grunts, um, 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 whistles, um, you know, inflections of tones and things like that were a way to communicate. I mean, if if you get if you are frightened of something, you know your tone is going to go up and it's going to get um, it's going to get high pitched and it's going to get you know kind of uh, excited and whatnot. And where, whereas if you were very calm and mellow, that portrays something completely different. So they could have communicated via uh, just sounds and, and things like that, which might be termed music. I, I don't know, but yeah, for me, music is an extension of human speech, meaning that. Um, we don't use words. We use sound. We use pitches. We use um, rhythm and things like that to communicate and make. Is that universal? Yeah, I suppose so. On on some level.
0: The the music that's like scream
1: roll Screamo. Yeah. Do you
0: hmm. do you consider that music? <laughs>
1: um, why not? Why not? Um, is it the kind of music that I would listen to on a daily basis? No. Because as a vocal performer, what's that doing to the throat? What's that doing to the vocal folds, you know, the vocal cords? What's that? what's that doing to your instrument? I just feel like it's beating up the instrument in a way that I don't like. I don't like hearing that because it hurts me. It pains me to hear that. So in one sense, yes, it's music. In another sense, it's painful, Music.
0: Well, I can't. My biggest frustration, just like a drink, this is why I never really got into alcohol, is mm-hmm. if it tastes bad, it's bad. hmm it's, it shouldn't be an acquired taste, yeah, right? Yeah. And some of the music's the same way. It's yeah. like when you don't even understand what they're saying, Yeah. Yeah. and they're just sitting there screaming, Satan's down in hell going, I know they're singing about me, but I don't even <laughs> understand what they're saying.
1: Well, I don't know that I'd go so far as to ascribe any satanic <laughs> nature to that music. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it, you know, it is in and of itself music. Here's the thing. I don't know if you've ever seen the, uh, the uh, video out there that was shot of Yoko Ono in a subway somewhere. And she goes up to a microphone and she's surrounded by a handful of people. Oh, and she just does a bunch of weird um, mechanical uh, noises and sounds and things like that um, that would make most people cringe. So, um, you know, Yoko Ono, when she was performing that, was performing that as a musical artist. But a lot of people, like I said, would would probably cringe at what they were hearing and not classify that as any type of music.
0: Can we can we pull that up? Do we have a little short little clip of that? Let's just see if we can't get this on here. Let's see.
1: Yeah, it'll have to be probably a pretty short clip. For right,
0: no, yeah, for, for copyright mm. purposes. It doesn't uh, It doesn't look like we're getting... Able to any, get that sound. up. That's too bad. Well,
1: you know, people can go watch that yeah, on their no, own.
0: Google it. It's, it's Yoko Ono Screaming at Art Show. Yeah. Um, original.
1: Yeah, and so, you know, it comes down to uh, personal opinion. Is it music or is it not music? Um, is screamo music or is it not music? You know, uh, I think anytime uh, pitches and, and and rhythm and sound are, are involved, it's got to be it's got to be music. And I used to even ask students in my classes, I I, I would teach music theory at the high school and I, I would play that for them. And I would say, do you do you identify music with with this performance? And uh, a lot of them would shake their heads or say no. And others would say, well, yes, it is. So, you know, art is, is personal taste and, and it's personal opinion. Um, and, it, and, and so it's different for everybody.
0: I totally understand what you're saying. And we do have that clip. So let's go ahead and just listen to it a little All bit. All right. Listen to her form, though the breath's apart. <laughs> Yeah, well, when you
1: say listen to her form, um, you're talking about performance (laughs) style, perhaps, but there is no form to that music at all. It's totally improvised, so I would not necessarily say that there was a form to it. Um, But, you know, it's how she felt in that moment, and she put sounds to it. Is that music? Um, I think so.
0: Sure, in a way, but, like, like, honestly, see, I know my personality. I would have lost it, man. Like I would have lost it. because I, I don't I don't know if the video shows the crowd why this is going on. But man alive, like you, you, because you're like, oh, here comes Yoko Ono. Yeah. And she comes up and you're like, this is going to be, I wonder if she's going to drop a new version of uh, uh, Imagine or something. Imagine, exactly. And then she starts off with that. Yeah. Just sounds like an animal being tortured. Well,
1: but see, here's the thing people are always pushing the envelope when it comes to art. They're going to try to take it to the extremes. They're going to take it to places where it hasn't been, perhaps, um, in, in, in modern you know, history. Um, I mean, think of the, 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 the gentleman who uh, put a crucifix of Christ in a mason jar filled with urine and, and put that up as art. I mean, for some people, that could be very offensive, and, and they don't see any artistic value in that at all. Others might say, okay, they've taken the concept of art to a, a, a completely different level, um, and so you have to look at that and examine that and say, is it art? Is it not art? And and then be able to defend the position for either of those answers. You know.
0: No, it is, and it's hard because that's when you're, that's when you're getting into definitive lines. Yeah, and you don't know. I mean, well, so what did you do? I took this paint. And I threw it at the wall, mm-hmm. and I call it jambalaya. <laughs> and it's like, okay. Like, I don't know if you could consider that art. I read somewhere that, like, as far as pictures, paintings go, some of these um, art uh, artifact things that come out and are sold for just an absurd uh, you amount You mean of like money. Hunter
1: Biden's recent painting that went up at auction? <laughs>
0: yes, exactly. And how a lot of those are tax havens. Yeah. For for those people, because once they spend that amount of money on it and you're a celebrity, that's why it's worth what it's worth. Well, as
1: long as there are people out there that will look at the art that's being created and say, oh, that is art. I'll pay for it. Then it's art. That's true. If you're uh, willing
0: to fork out the dough, then it's obviously worth it to you if you're willing to pay that amount of money for that I guess so.
1: It's like uh, the movie, I, I forget what it's called. Um, where um, Kevin Hart's character makes a picture of a Doberman or something and somebody comes along and pays, you know, like 500000 for this picture because somebody else says, ooh, that's really artistic. That's awesome, you know, and he buys this thing and and it looks hideous. But as long as there are people who are willing to put their money up and say, well, to me, that's art, then it is.
0: Well, and that's the catch, that, that's the hardest part because – People would say that what I'm doing is art. It's, 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 it's you mean the podcast? Of, yeah, yeah. It's a type of art. you know. Sure. And I'm just like, man, I wonder if you could uh, transcribe what the podcast to what a painting would look like, how that would turn out.
1: Well, I think there are computers that could probably do that probably because, you know, they have AI right now that is composing music based on on all of the uh, the um, programming that the ai has been given as far as music and its understanding and it's produced some very interesting things really yeah
0: yeah 100% completely hands off from humans yep. like the yep. computers made it themselves yep. exactly what does that sound like
1: um pretty good in in the cases that i've heard pretty good so i mean you know there's there's some stuff to to look up and uh, I just I I love the whole concept of art, and of course music uh, fascinates me. Out of all of the different art um, categories, <clears throat> sorry, my voice is a little bit raspy today.
0: No, you're fine. It's, you, I'm I'm glad you stopped smoking. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've never smoked in my life.
1: <laughs> the only thing I've probably ever smoked was a, 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 a turkey breast.
0: All right, here's a little here's a little short example of, of oh, that's not going to work. Okay, well, never mind. Uh we'll have to I'll have to research that. Yeah. And yeah. talk and talk about that. I had no idea that AI was doing that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What do you think of AI? Does that scare you a little bit?
1: Um yes. Yeah, I, I I it does. I mean, I I'm not scared to the point of uh, what was the movie with um, um, where the robots took over. I am robot. I am robot. I, I'm I'm not scared to the point of it getting to that level where, you know, some uh, s- central uh, computer core is going to take over the world and you know ruin all of our lives. But, um, um, yeah, I I think it's good. I think it's good. But you have to remember that even artificial intelligence is programmed by humans, and humans. Are not infallible, and humans can make mistakes, and um, so there could be false input or, or uh, something that's uh, a misinput that that could uh, cause the AI to go in a certain direction um, based on false information. And so I don't know; I, I get a little bit, I get a little bit scared about that kind of stuff, but not to the point of it taking over the world.
0: I think AI could eventually end up being the the moral, the moral compass that we have as a society. How so? Well, it, it takes the emotion out of things, and and gives more of a practicality. For instance, I know, like uh, Tesla, they're working on an algorithm that if a, a Tesla is going through an intersection, and There's someone walking through the intersection and let's say one person is a young boy and the other person's an older woman and someone's going to have to get hit. It will be able to make that split second decision to go. Okay, now that scares me.
1: Now that scares me because I would never want to hand over a decision like that, a moral decision to A.I. I mean, and speaking of Tesla, you know, they just recalled uh, several tens of thousands of vehicles because they, they run stop signs. Um, and so there, 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 right. There is a problem with AI. Um, um, so, you know, I, I think we're relying on AI too soon. That's my opinion. I'm not a scientist. You know, I, I, I am not a, an expert on, on this, this subject, but I, I just feel like we're rushing into it maybe just a little bit too quickly before it's tested.
0: Well, who said that, uh, who said it was ever going to be done on an equal basis? What do you mean? Where we would grow right alongside with our our uh, technological advances? I
1: don't. as humans. Yeah, I don't think that's possible. That's what
0: I mean. I think I think that we're getting to a point we're creating far above and beyond what we should be given. Yeah. So far, yeah, yeah, because that's, we're that's, not handling what we've gotten no. so far very well. No,
1: I, I, that's 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 well put. I, I,
0: I feel like uh, social media is the wedge of indifference now that is separating us more than anything mm. because we don't have to step outside to have a conversation, we can sit at home in our underwear, right on our computer, and become keyboard warriors and say whatever the hell we want to say, yeah,
1: and in moderation, things like that are just fine. But I think for some people that has become the norm and it's become, um, the, the crux in their life that they rely on way too much. And I think it's devastating.
0: You know, Stephen Hawking, before he passed, Mm -hmm. made a prediction that he he said that he gave humanity 200 years Mm -hmm. and then we would wipe ourselves out. Mm -hmm. When you hear stuff like that, especially coming from someone like him, who's pretty um, educated, knowledgeable, what do you make of that?
1: Um, well, I think that's a sobering statement that, that um, we need to think about um, and, 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 and maybe say, why would we get to that point? What's going to cause us to get there?
0: I mean, don't, don't you think to an extent that, that maybe certain philosophies out there have— it's been a danger in making us feel like we're special in a way— like i I feel like we as humanity have just forgotten that we're fleas on a dog's back when it comes to this planet mm-hmm. you know like they everyone seems to kind of miss the broader picture
1: that we're making ourselves out to be too self-important
0: well we' we're, we're just this little this little spaceship, yeah, flying through the cosmos you know mm-hmm. not we, we're just we're just we're on on that scale we're, we just seem to be insurmountable
1: or we'd like to think that we we are infallible and and impervious to everything but i think something will come along it always does to humble us and and draw us back to the real reality that we are really not that great i mean we're, we're just a bunch of children trying to to make it on the playground here and you know
0: do you think we're going to ever become interplanetary
1: um, not by ourselves. I think that would have to come with the aid of perhaps others on other planets or worlds that maybe have achieved that. I think it would take us quite a while to ever get there. I mean, are you talking warp drives now? Are we going to get spaceships with warp drives that are going to hey. be capable of taking us to other galaxies? They,
0: they say that they're that, that that's completely feasible with, with, if you learn how to bend space time. mm mm-hmm. Then you really don't have to necessarily travel at a certain speed. It's that bending of space time that mm-hmm. gets you from one place yeah. to the other, and and that's where, I mean, I like to think I'm smart, but when you start going into quantum entanglement and all of that stuff, I'm, it's really hard for me to grasp. That, yeah, that yeah, stuff.
1: that's that's above my pay grade. But
0: it's cool. Like I remember when I first grasped relativity. That is freaking cool. That. That you can take two clocks at sea level, synchronize them completely, and then take one up seventy thousand uh, feet in the air, and you're going to have a time discrepancy. Mm-hmm. That is just so cool. Yeah, that you can, you know.
1: Yeah, like I said, that's above my pay grade.
0: I mean, they, <laughs> you know, that they wouldn't even be able to to have GPS function adequately without putting in that formula, hmm. that mathematical formula to distinguish the time down here and the time up there. Hmm. Like if, 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 they didn't, if they didn't work that out, then you'd end up like 10 miles off course Yeah, it's, somewhere. Well,
1: you know, it's amazing what, what humans have achieved. It really is. I mean, the things that we've accomplished, the things that we've done, the things that we've created, um, in this world, I mean, it's, it's mind boggling. And, and to think that just, little old us you know the the little fleas on the back of the dog like you put it um that we've done all this it's it's freaking amazing
0: you know who pisses me off
1: no I don't me
0: no no not you yeah he's quickly becoming one of my access of evils oh though is that uh uh Are
1: you sure will, you want to
0: will no I'm no you want to identify care, this person yeah, William Shatner what? William Shatner.
1: What, Captain Kirk?
0: Yeah. Why the hell does he get to go up into space? Oh,
1: I see. You're envious. You're jealous. Yeah. You're jealous that he got to go up and you didn't. Hey. Well, because he's an icon and you're oh, not quite there you yet. you know
0: what? But that's the thing. That's the problem with our frickin' society. What? It's all about the icons, the people that we put up on these stupid pedestals. Like, who gives a damn what, uh, um, who's, who they say is, uh, LeBron James. Who gives a damn what LeBron James says? You know what I mean. Like we we idolize these freaking people that are making exuberant amount of uh, amount of, m- amounts of money because they can play a game well.
1: And then they have an open platform to say whatever yeah. they want to, and everything, yeah, yeah.
0: And, say, and say any misinformation they want. Yeah, calls them out.
1: I really wish that uh, celebrities and and superstars like that would be a little bit more circumspect and careful about what they they uh, say and spew out there into the public uh i mean none of us have that that platform like they do and and for them to take advantage of it like that so lightly i don't know but hey back to the william shatner thing you know it's it's a sentimental thing Ah, oh come on he starred in you know one of the greatest tv programs ever made should have sent up patrick stewart maybe Maybe, Patrick but Stewart maybe was way better. To maybe go out they there. maybe they contacted Patrick Stewart and he said, "I'm
0: I, I'm not ready or I'm not healthy enough or who knows." When you have to sit a person down and go, "Okay, look, we're going to go up into space." If we find any aliens, we don't want you to sleep with them. So, I mean, that's what they—that's the conversation they had to have with oh good William. He wanted to bring up condoms. All They're right. like, William, we're not going down this yeah, road. This isn't, yeah, yeah. this isn't the Star Trek Hugh Hefner ship that you were flying.
1: No, not, that's not William Shatner. I know you're just joshing us. But, hey, um, one of these days you're going to become iconic. This this yeah. podcast is going to take off like crazy. Oh yeah, baby, it's oh, going off. Hey, <laughs> it will. It will. And then they will come to you and say, "Josh, we'd like you to go into space with Elon."
0: If it was Jeff if it was Jeff Bezos asking me, I would tell him I believe I would use a Star Trek quote uh-huh. and I'd say, "If I were human, I believe my response would be go to hell." <laughs> But that's if I were human. There you go. <laughs> Who said that? I don't remember. It Was Spock? Was it Spock? Yeah. There I, you go. And I think, and I think it was um, one of my favorite of this original series films, uh, Undiscovered Country.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. I love that yeah, movie. Yep.
0: Love Undiscovered Country. There you go. Little penthe. That's where we should send all the homeless people. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I know. Okay. It, got, it went dark quick, but yeah. one day we'll have to we'll have to talk about that. No, but but uh Jeff Bezos kind of is the Lex Luthor of the space race. You know what I'm talking about? No. I don't I'm just not a big Jeff Bezos fan. Mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know why. He just seems well first they're like way behind the eight ball. I love how they're like, We're we just be you know, Elon's like, Really? You guys just made it up into the substratosphere? Way to go. We did that like seven years ago. <laughs> 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 yeah, okay. Well, I like I said,
1: I'm not an authority on any of this I kind of know. stuff. It's out of my league. It's but, just opinion, baby. But, but, but you know, but at least they're trying. At least somebody's giving it a shot. If they're gonna if they're gonna stifle NASA from doing what it was created to do, then it's gonna go to the private sector and and you know, bless these guys for, for spending the money and, and getting the engineers together to even do this kind of stuff. I think that's wow.
0: If you if you uh could do it would you put a microchip in your head? No. No, you don't like the cyborg thing? Nope. See I would. Like
1: Johnny Mnemonic, do you remember that movie? I do. Yeah. <laughs> Those movies are freaking awesome. Yeah. No, I would never put anything in my in my head.
0: Really? No. I wonder how many people said that though about the next generation look
1: i'm gonna be honest my brain is far superior to any microchip <laughs> that you could put in there and i'm not gonna mess with my brain not gonna mess no, with
0: yours it. you might you might actually have a good argument there you've, you've <laughs> gotten yours figured out however there are a lot of other people that could use a microchip you I know what know. i'm saying i don't know no it is exciting though the, the Well, it's exciting and scary at the same time because technology offers us so many advancements in, in other places and then hinders us, I believe, in, in other areas. It does. And one of those, I, I believe that anything that takes away the human connection
1: uh, agreed. is bad. Or or Earth connection. I think there's a lack of connection to this planet. You know, people talk about climate change and this and that and the other like they're really concerned but really don't have any connection to the earth at all. I don't think young children are growing up with a connection to the earth. They're sitting in their rooms playing their games, and and everything's on a screen, you know? Um, I, I, I really think that there needs to be a reconnection to this planet. I really do, and I, I, I think and, until we do that, uh, we're just going to be a bunch of people sitting around, uh, you know. Like I said, living their lives on screens, and I think that's truly unfortunate.
0: And maybe that comes from going up into space. It you could. saw, you saw what a profound effect that had on Mr. William Shatner. Yeah, you know, I met him once. No, oh, at a at a Comic Con kind yeah, of thing. He was he was at the Salt Lake Comic Con. And uh, he was wasted. Oh, is that right? Yeah. He was, well, let's he was not drunk. let's, let's no. not let's
1: not bash on no, William Shatner because I, no, I like not, William Shatner. I'm not bashing. Okay. I'm just
0: saying it was one of those. I think in the last in the last time we were together, I was talking about how you don't want to meet your heroes. Oh yeah yeah. That's, that was, oh, okay. one of, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you build up this experience. Yeah. It means so this much expectation, to Expectation and then right. all of a sudden. And then all of a sudden you meet him and you're like, oh.
1: But you know what? Isn't that a good dose of reality that we're all just humans?
0: Yeah. It's a dose of reality. And it's also a reminder of how sad it is that we continue to put, we continue to idolize yeah. people that shouldn't be idolized. Perhaps. People are more concerned about what the damn Kardashians are doing and what underwear they have on versus what's going on in the world and what we can do to to
1: yeah but i don't think that help each other i i I don't think that's a lot of people i don't think there's a lot of people who are concerned with that kind of frivolous stuff i think that's purely entertainment for people that are bored
0: okay so let me ask you this yeah do you think that the world is more evil today than it was say a hundred years ago nope (laughs) ha ha interesting why
1: um, because I think that, uh, humans are humans are humans and always will be humans. And we live the same kind of lives, no matter what generation or era we lived in. Uh, we just live it with different technology. That's all we're, we're all people and people do the same stupid things, no matter if it was back in the 1400s or the 1800s or today, or even before that I, in the Egyptian, you know, uh, period where they ruled everything look at the romans i mean people do stupid things all the time and and evil will will always be present as long as there are stupid humans
0: so when you hear things uh, mainly from like uh uh religious um philosophy mm-hmm. about how uh, about how before the second coming can second
1: coming of
0: of christ
1: Oh, can
0: can derive because the world has to. I get thought so it was Elvis. So evil, it could be. We don't know yet. That's the thing. I mean, how awesome would it be if he came down with a guitar? And he's like, Thank you very much. Everyone's going to heaven. Hell yeah! Put it together. There you go. Uh,
1: you're talking about the second coming of Jesus Christ.
0: Well, yeah, well, but not 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 specifically the second coming of Jesus Christ, as much as the the all religions seem to have this this same uh, story that. That before that happens, the earth is supposed to get more evil than it ever has been to the point where we need him to come down. And that's the the heart. You know, you look at at like Genghis Khan. Yeah. Yeah. From that era. Yeah. guy kills 70 million people or something like that. Yeah. And then you look at today and you're like, hey, we can go down and go to the grocery store without having to worry about an IED coming and taking us
1: out. no, Okay. So here's my take on that, Josh. Um if you have one person on the planet that's evil, then you have evil on the planet. If you, have, if you have two million people on the planet that are evil, you still have evil on the planet. It's just exponentially greater. If everybody on the planet were evil, you still have evil on the planet. Again, it's just exponentially greater. The evil isn't any different. The evil is the same. It's just that there is more of it. So if you're talking about the earth is supposed to get more evil, I think that just means that there are going to be more people that are involved with bad things or, or destructive things or hurtful things than perhaps right now. That's what I think.
0: I just think, I just always thought it was a silly proposition that that it would have to, that the whole the whole basis, the whole contingent on there being a second coming is that the world had to get significantly evil. Like, why couldn't it just be time? To it's
1: already evil. Oh, no, it's already right. evil. Yeah. It's always been.
0: Always been. Oh, I,
1: always the world be. is not evil. Let's Let's rephrase that. In my opinion, the world is not evil. I think the world is a good place. I think there are just, there's evil in it. There's also good in it. So what's the balance of evil to good? I want to believe that there's more good in this world than there is evil.
0: And I think that there's evidences to, to oh, I, I think, I completely think, prove that.
1: Yeah, I think goodness far surpasses the amount of evil that is present. But the evil gets the attention.
0: Well, and we continuously, through media and other sources, get pinned against each other. Yeah. We, we really do. Yeah. They, they, like, they find excuses for us to fight. Yep. And sometimes we're just not intelligent enough to realize what's going on and we end up drinking the Kool-Aid.
1: And that's the sadness, isn't it? If we're not smart enough to see what's going on, that we're being manipulated into these kinds of, you know, situations where we fight against each other or hate each other, whatever. That's sad. That's sad. And that's where it's, it's really our responsibility uh, ourselves as a human being to, to be compassionate, to be loving, to be empathetic toward everybody and not and and not uh, be manipulated by anything, any government, any media, any anything. But there are people that are too gullible and they give into that stuff.
0: And, and that's and going full circle back to the music thing mm-hmm. and how and the, how that affects us. Mm-hmm. I feel like we all have a frequency that we that we put off an, an energy. That, okay, that, that, interesting. That, well. Um, I only say that because you know we we are electrical, we 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 put out an EMP. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. we've got electricity running through our bodies. Yeah, and I think that when you hear music that touches you, it's it's kind of meeting that frequency and matching that frequency, and it and it it does something to you. It it it, it creates emotion. I mean. That's fascinating. I don't uh, necessarily particularly believe in a in a certain religious uh, theology, mm-hmm. but when I hear spiritual music, mm-hmm. you get those those tingly feelings, just like if I'm listening to um, Avenge. There's an Avenged Sevenfold. There's been Avenged Sevenfold songs that I've listened to that I get that same feeling. Yeah. And I think that somehow, some way, music ties all of us together in a way. Like when you're at at a concert and everyone's feeling the same thing and everyone's vibing off of that music, it really is an intensified energy. Like Mm -hmm. you can feel it. Oh, yeah. It's in the room. Oh, yeah. You know, just like when you walk into a room and people are pissed. And you can automatically feel mm-hmm. the negative oh, energy sure. coming yeah. off of them. You yeah. know, yeah. that's that's where I I feel like that comes from, and I and I feel like people that we meet that we bring into our life, kind of like a gravitational pull. They're people that think or or admit that same frequency, and it draws us together. Mm-hmm. Like, how many people have you seen that like are with someone and then they break up? Then the next person they end up with is almost just like that other person, except they're different people. Oh yeah, yeah. Like you almost attract that same thing. So you have to do what you have to with yourself to align yourself to have a better frequency. That's, and then, in, that's and then interesting. More positive. things No, well.
1: that's that's a really interesting concept that fascinates me. I I have to give that a lot of thought and let that ruminate in the old brain for a bit. Because, marinate. Yeah.
0: To let it marinate. Well, it's always a pleasure talking to you, man. Yeah, it is. Like we never, we never run out of things to talk about, and uh, I'm, I, am i am glad I got to pick your brain on music because <laughs> music is, it, that has meant so much to me in my life, and even to this day, to be able to, to put in um, a three minute song and be driven to a, a, an emotional break, rather you be crying or laughing. It's powerful so quickly. That is powerful. Yeah. There I don't don't know that there's that much out there that does that other than maybe someone actually drawing your attention and looking you in the eyes and going, "Hey, I just want you to know I value you as a person." You kind of get that same that same feeling. That energy there, yeah. but music just has such a profound way I mean, look at, how it, look at how it affects babies that don't know anything about anything, right? and they hear a certain beat or something, and they just start to shake it, baby. Well, sure,
1: and look at all the young people out there that constantly are wearing earbuds. Right. I mean, music, music does something to them personally and affects their lives in, in, in a way that they can't get away from it. You know, I've often asked my students in the past, what would life be like without music? Oh, man. And the answers are absolutely amazing that I've read over the years and heard. Um, but seriously, think about that. What would life be like without music? It, would, it wouldn't be it worth would living. suck. Yeah.
0: It would completely suck.
1: Right. So music is a powerful force, and I love it, and I'll, it'll be a part of my life forever.
0: Well... I appreciate you taking the time to sit down with us once again. pleasure. You're a great, My pleasure. great friend of the show. Anytime. And, Just don't let it, it be
1: so long between. No, the hey,
0: and listen, it wasn't because we couldn't get anyone else to talk to us either. <laughs> I want you to know that. You're, you're, that is That has nothing to do with it, man. You've always been at the top of the list. There you go. There you go. <laughs> anyway, you've been listening to the Just Josh and Your Podcast. I'm Josh Hansen. Alongside Carrie Moore, who decided to stop in and say hi to us today. Please check us out on Spotify. And Instagram, like, share, subscribe. We need to get the word out there so we can get more listeners. I appreciate everyone that is listening. You guys have no idea how much I value your ears, and I try not to take advantage of that and give you a mixture of entertainment and enlightenment the best that we can. But for now, we're gonna say peace be unto you, be well, and uh, try and make the best out of. Whatever circumstance you might find yourself in and we'll catch you on the flip side.